Hello and welcome to the Healed Approach podcast. I am your host, Rebecca Heald, workplace wellbeing and leadership consultant. The aim of this podcast is to bring the human back into leadership. It's about how success depends on healing, connection and better relationships because these are really key to well-being. You will find an open, honest and vulnerable approach that will inspire and motivate you on your business journey because fundamentally, well-being and leadership all come down to human connection. This is the real key to happier humans and better business outcomes. I really hope that you enjoy the show. So we're here again for another episode of the Healed Approach podcast. And today I am joined by Kate Thompson. Thank you so much for being here today, Kate. Thank you for inviting me. You are very welcome. I'm really excited about this. I think you may be the first, I think it's the first, definitely the first craft store shop owner that we've um, had on so far. But anyway, we'll get into that. Because having started working in independent retail at age 17, Kate knew almost immediately that she wanted her own shop. From setting up Happy and Glorious Online in 2012, whilst working full-time elsewhere, to gift fairs, pop-up shops, and finally her own high street shop in 2016, which we can see there behind her. It looks absolutely beautiful. Luckily, it's closed, so she's not going to have to pop off and uh, deal with the customers. Um, But it's been quite an adventure for Kay, and 11 years later, she sells her beautiful British handmade gifts and homeware from her shop in the city of Canterbury whilst hosting creative workshops in the space too. So, Canterbury, that's an amazing place as well. Do you know what? I don't actually think I've ever visited, which is really bad of me, isn't it? Um, But yeah. (laughs) Have you been there all your life? No, I grew up about 30 miles away, but I used to come here as a teenager to do all my shopping and hanging out with friends. So it just kind of felt very natural. It's a city, but it kind of feels a bit more like a town. You can walk from yeah. one side to the other in a couple of hours. So yeah, it's got that really nice community feel whilst also being like a proper city with a beautiful cathedral. Yeah, that's it. Like Lincoln. Lincoln, again, that's a city, but it feels more like a town after me living in Manchester all those years. Um, But yeah. But anyway, let's get into talking about Happy and Glorious, because as I've just described, it's been such a success. And do you think this is down to the boom that we've had in British craft recently? Or is there anything else that's contributed to the success? I would say there's certainly been a boom. I know back in 2012 when I started, it was a real search high and low, trying to find really nice quality British-made things. It was it was a difficult thing. I was scouring the internet late at night and on weekends. Um, but now there's so many people just being creative. And I think the last couple of years, everyone's been a bit uncertain and they've been turning more to handicrafts and learning new things. And yeah, just kind of reassessing their lives a bit. And I think as a result of that, we've now got just thousands of talented people making really, really gorgeous things. And I'm stocking probably about 60 of them here. Um, So I would say that. I would say there's been various campaigns like the Just a Card campaign, where they encourage people when you go into an independent shop to just buy something small because it makes such a difference. Um, And then there's Small Business Saturday, which has been going for a long time, and Holly Tucker's Colour Friday, which is the indie alternative to Black Friday. So that's really great. 
yeah, it's really nice. It's just a way of saying, you know, support local. We we pay all yeah. our taxes, we do all the right things and we yeah, we need to we need to be supported. I think also people again over the last few years, they realised what they were missing when the high street was closed. So it's kind of like this is what this is what high streets could be. They could be just barren and empty and soulless and they really want to see that vibrance coming back. And there's, again, a sense of nostalgia there, I think. They want, you know, the good old days of community spirit. Um, and then, of course, we do good old-fashioned customer service. We do gift wrapping. We post direct to people's recipients. We are just lovely all the time to everybody. I've assembled this amazing team of other ladies. And, yeah, we just we just do everything we can to make sure everyone gets a great experience and gets a beautiful product. And I basically. don't think there's any, yeah, well, you say basically, you know, I think it's, um, I think obviously, like you said, there's been lots of, um, you know, more recently. I mean, I, re I remember when I was getting married back in 2008, I think, <laughs> and um, like trying to find things, like you say, that were, I mean, I ended up handmaking a lot of things because I couldn't find the things yeah. back then that I wanted. So, and I think also, you know, so, so there's lots of initiatives, there's lots of, you know, campaigns, et cetera, that have really helped, I suppose, um, with the growth of your business. But I think one thing that you mentioned towards the end there is about your team. I think there is no way that, you know, you would have been able to have this sustainable success if you didn't create a team and provide an amazing service because businesses can survive for so long, but not that long without, you know, really. And when you've got a great team, they are your brand ambassadors, aren't they? And they are going to attract customers that want to come back, um, you know. And so I think that's obviously a huge testament to you as a business owner and, and obviously as a, as a leader in a, um, you know, in terms of developing a team as well. How many, how many do you have working for you? I have two at the moment. Um, I'm thinking towards Christmas that may well need to expand. Um, but yeah, we, we all work together. Um, and I think as a female business owner, I think you're quite often thinking, oh, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. And I am really lucky that I have such an amazing team. They love the shop. They're really enthusiastic. They love the products. They're genuinely excited to be here. But I also picked them. And it's very, <laughs> it's really hard to say, actually, it was luck, but also... I chose well and actually take a bit of credit because we're not terribly good at that. <laughs> we're not normally allowed to take credit for our achievements. But no, I'm absolutely delighted. Yeah. I feel so fortunate every day to have such cracking ladies working with me. I love that. I, I do love that. I love that. You've got take responsibility. This is the thing, you know, and I say this all the time. People go, oh, you're so lucky. Or you've, and it's like, you know, why we should be celebrating our successes. You know, mm. we, we really, I mean, we should male, female, you know, regardless. But I think as women, yeah. particularly, because like you say, we are conditioned, I think, um, to say, to stay small. Um, yeah. Which does bring me on to actually, um, kind of how, I mean, I am, I'm assuming, I'm guessing, I don't know, but have you had coaching along the way? And if you have, how important has that been? I have had coaching. My first coach was 2015, uh, March 2015. And I remember saying to him, he was a friend of a friend. He was just starting out. He was sort of, he wanted some people to practice on. I had no idea what coaching was like, but I thought I'm going to give this a go and see 
see how it works. Um, we decided in that March that in one year's time, I would quit my full-time employment and I would have a shop or have a studio or in some way I would be full-time with the business. And he really helped me kind of not only work out what it was that I wanted, but work out those steps to get to that point because yeah, they're, they're very different ends of the spectrum. You need to know what you want and you need to know how to get it. Um, mm -hmm. So it's incredibly helpful. And then by December that year, so under, under budget, no, ahead of schedule, I was able to, um, yeah, to quit my full-time employment and go full-time with the shop, which was incredibly exciting and terrifying. Um, but I also think they're so useful having a coach because you can talk to friends, you can talk to family, you can sort of brainstorm as much as you want, but they, that's always going to be coloured and kind of guided by their own concerns, their fears for you, their love for you. Everything like that is just going to make them say, oh, careful, are you sure? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, I wouldn't do that. And with a coach, you don't get that. You simply go, okay, fine. This is no judgment. This is what you want to do. You're sure about it, right? How are we going to get there? You don't have any of that sort of personal influence which is wonderful and comes from a place of care and love but yeah also fear other people's fear <laughs> so it's yeah, incredible totally. yeah yeah and now sorry no go on carry on i now work with a lady called leona baker who has um indie roller which is sort of group coaching um, but then you can have one-on-one -on -one with her as well. So every week we have a group coaching session and it will be about something different in sales or marketing, which are things I find difficult as a business owner. Um, yeah, but yeah, that same. really allows me to sort of break things down and plan everything out and see things in a different way. And I think it's completely invaluable. It really, yeah, it changes everything. Coaching is incredible. Well, I think you look at most people that have been able to sustain their success have had some form of coaching or mentoring um, mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, at the minute I'm working with two coaches for different things. So, <laughs> you know, I just think, but, you know, I, you need it, I think. And like you say, especially as an independent business owner or sole trader, or, you know, I think it's, it is really, really important because it can get really lonely and really noisy out there. Um, mm. especially around marketing but it's interesting as well because you know it kind of you made me think about it's, it's very much the same like you say having that third party that objective person is mm. powerful and this is what I say as well you know when I'm working with businesses and organizations it's yeah. you know having okay you can go and you can audit yourself you can get your HR involved I said but you are not going to to get out of it the same as you would having a third party involved for two reasons. One is people can be more vulnerable with somebody that they don't know, like we can with our coaches. I definitely say to my coach, I wouldn't dare say to my mom or my sister, because I just go, oh, yeah, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Or you can't do this. Or you can't do your job because you need to, you need to pay your mortgage. You know what I mean? And then, of, co of course, that third party, like you say, is objective and has got nothing to lose yeah. and will encourage you to take those risks. And I think... And this, again, you look, you know, at any businesses, you know, the businesses that got into Forbes Top 100, the businesses that are doing amazing, they have had external help and they, you know, they, they, they invest in that. They invest in that for their employees. Absolutely. So, yeah. So it is, it just, it just makes so much sense, doesn't it? It's um, incredibly powerful. It's kind of business therapy, essentially. You, you can spill your heart out to them and yeah, just get yourself back on the right path. 
Well, it's and it's business therapy because so again as well, it, it supports you with your well being, doesn't it? And yeah. if your well being's not in a great place, then you know productivity is going to fall and profits are going to fall. You know, and, we need, and and at the end of the day, it's like I said today. I did a live earlier, and I was talking about you know obviously how I'm super important about uh, super passionate about people and well-being but fundamentally I'm doing it because you know to help businesses grow to help businesses make mm. money to help businesses make profit it's not a dirty word you know no. it's what keeps me going it what's it's what keeps roofs over our heads you know Absolutely. but but for me it's just that I think you've got we've got to always put the human element first mm. and then like only the profit can kind of very very quickly follow on behind if that makes sense Absolutely. Um, Another thing I wanted to say, and I hope you don't mind me going into this because this is something that really resonates with me as well, because since setting up my business, I've come across a lot of business owners um, that have got ADHD. And what are your thoughts on this, if you don't mind me opening that topic? Not at all. Um, it's a fairly recent discovery that I have it. Um, I would say it's helped me make sense of all my formative years. It's kind of, I was like that because of this. And this is because of that. It just untangles everything in your brain. Um, so it's incredibly empowering and incredibly helpful to actually have that knowledge that, that this is where it comes from. But I think it's really natural that people that have ADHD are likely to become entrepreneurs because we don't always fit in the classic nine to five. We we can't yep. necessarily work in that really restricted way. When I've done it before and worked in an office, I found myself doing seven hours of work in half an hour immediately before the deadline. And I, I didn't know what that meant. I just thought lazy. I just thought chaotic, disorganized. And now I can just say, hyper-focus, baby. It's everything. <laughs> you get stuff done. Yeah. Like um, so yeah, to be able to work, okay, I have the restriction of the shop house, but to be able to work in a way that suits my brain, work when I feel like working, not work when I don't feel like working, it's, it's so empowering for me. Um, it comes with a lot of challenges. I know I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do, and I know a lot of people are really debilitated by it, so I'm not trivializing it, but I can take things like hyperfocus and and kind of yeah I can apply it in a way that works for me and yeah get stuff done <laughs> doesn't it help you I don't know about you but for me as well it really helped me to become more compassionate with myself because mm. it been, why can't I focus why can't I get this done why you know it was like what's wrong with me and then yeah. like you say then you can hyperfocus it and you are absolutely the most productive person you know and it was the same I remember when I was in in the corporate, in my corporate role, and my my, you know, it's like you always will get stuff done, and it's like, yeah, but I will get it done, um, but and and I will always get it done by a deadline, but you know, yeah. for me, I think you hit on something super super important as well, and I know there is a lot of kind of talk about this um, more in the workplace. However, I'm not necessarily seeing it's like with lots of things. I'm seeing lots of talk around well being, mm -hmm. mental health, you know, but there's not the action's not always there, but I think. For me, if we could just somehow shift our mindsets away from thinking that we've got to micromanage people in the workplace, we yeah. could really, you know, we could, you know, because I'm not being funny, but people with it, it's a superpower, right? Yeah. ADHD, um, you know, it, you, we are the most creative, entrepreneurial, <clears throat> um, focused, committed people. We've got empathy, you know, Imagine. so many 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, these skills that aren't being like, you know, really exploited is the wrong word, but you know what I mean? They're not, they're not being, they're not being nurtured. And, you know, and I say, because if we could just adapt our workplaces, you know, away yeah. from the archaic structures, <laughs> you know, yeah. it wouldn't be such an issue. And I was talking about this was I talking about this? Um, I think I was talking about this on a recent podcast again. And because, like you, I think coming into business for me was an eye opener in terms of it. Because it was like, my God, you know, so many people like me are, are going and, and setting up businesses because they're struggling like me. And I'm normal. I'm not. I'm not the weirdo or the freak I thought I was. And do you know what I mean? And 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 I think um, what was my point? That I think yeah, I think it was just that you know we wouldn't be pushing you know people out of the workplace and you know we would be kind of you know we would really encourage businesses to grow if we could just make you know environments work environments so much more inclusive yeah absolutely if people are better working from midday until nine o'clock at night why can't they do that <laughs> they'll be more productive it will fit more in with their lifestyle people need to be able to be flexible around their kids just it just opens up more if there's that kind of just openness to say it doesn't work nine to five for every single person and it can't and it doesn't need to anthropologically someone had to be awake at all hours <laughs> yeah there you go there you go and so much of this yeah. does come down to to that it comes down to you know and the fact that we you know we've evolved so much but not enough to cope with them you know the modern world that we're living in yeah. you know and um I think uh, you know, there is so much fear because I, I do think it's a two-way thing because I think within organisations, the processes don't suit everybody. But then I also think there's this fear. I know when I, I was I was afraid to say that I wanted to work outside my core hours. I was afraid yeah. to say there were days when I was really not productive, but then there were days when I would be super productive. You know, it used to amaze me how people would take so long to get things done that would take me like 10 minutes. But, you know, and and I think... Yeah, you know, it's, you know, the other thing that I hear a lot of as well is, oh, yeah, we've got a flexible working policy. Yeah, we we, we have flexibility, but you can only work within those core hours. Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. It's completely ridiculous. But, yeah, there needs to be a lot more openness to just neurodiversity because different people are good at different things and at different times and in different ways. And the world would be a lot more efficient and get a lot more stuff done if we just kind of embrace that, really. Definitely. Just open, yeah, just mm. be yourself more, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. But yeah, I know it can be incredibly challenging for a lot of people to have that diagnosis, but I found it incredibly empowering and I'm finding ways now to help me. Now that I know what is happening to me, I can find ways to work around it. Like I've recently discovered body doubling, which is a brilliant way to get into that hyper-focused state. So it's literally someone else online. You both say what you're going to do. And then you go silent and for 90 minutes you'll work on what you're both doing. And then at the end you'll say, oh, how did that go? And it's, it's just, you're just wow. being accountable to somebody else, a completely anonymous person. And I found that really brilliant to get me into that hyper-focused state. And then I do uh, bullet journaling, which is how I plan things because I know I need analog rather than digital reminders because I, I need stuff written down. I need that writing down process for it to go in the brain. Um, so yeah, it's just like, you know, I've got like six, five notebooks all over the place with different places. It's like, why did you write that? I know I wrote it somewhere. 
or I've got color schemes and I've got tick boxes. But yeah, it's just finding the way to to make the most of the good bits of ADHD and ways to sort of tiptoe around the bits that are a bit more challenging. So yeah, it's, it's a journey. It's great. It is a journey and it's amazing, isn't it? Because like it's in my forties, I'm really getting to know myself. But it's it's I think I think we didn't they didn't know, you know, when I was at school there wasn't so much, you know, we didn't know as much as we do now. But then having said that, you know, I'm going through something with my son at the moment, you know, because I think I'm yeah, bless him, he's very much like his mum. But this is, you know, schools are so hesitant to, you know, because of the money involved and stuff like that. So the system doesn't help, I think, you know, yeah. in so many ways. Yeah. Um, but in, in some ways, you know, it's done us both favours because we've gone out and we've created our own businesses, but not everybody, not everybody can do that, not, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that risk-taking, that willingness to just try new stuff, be adventurous, experiment. If it goes wrong, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's, and that creativity of always coming up with new things, the shiny object syndrome where you're always looking for something new and exciting to try. It's It's... It's of such a blessing when you're in your own business and the only yeah. person you're relying on is yourself to get stuff done. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Pros and the cons. So what, what does the future look like for you? Are you just, are you staying there, you know, in Canterbury, in your one shop, or have you got bigger plans or what, what does it look like? Well, I only moved to Canterbury a year ago, almost to the day. Um, I started off in Ashford as part of their regeneration project, and I was there for a year. And then I moved to Cranbrook, which is one of the smallest towns in the country. Um, and then I was fully intending to just, you know, have my shop, do my thing. I was single for a long time, perfectly happy being single, going out, having fun. Nothing wrong with it. Met a boy. Met a boy. Oh. Very lovely. He lives in Canterbury. He has kids. They go to school here. Their mum is here. So it made sense for me to be the one to make the move. Um, I walked past the shop um, in January 2021 and said, ha ha, if I had a shop in Canterbury, that would be it. It came up for rent. <laughs> so I manifestation, manifestation at its finest. Absolutely. And that willingness to take the risk and say, well, I'll see what happens. You know, this is huge and terrifying, but I'll do it. Um, so, yeah, I've I've had a year here now and I've got another four years on my lease. So I'm just going to kind of learn and grow and have more workshops and get some guest artists in to exhibit. Um, I'm planning on starting a craft club in the new year, which will be really fun. Yeah, just kind of supporting makers and having a lovely time, really, doing doing my 17-year-old's dream job. 17 year old self dream job so really interesting you say that because I do remember I still have visions of it like with my first boy who ended up being my husband ex-husband um but I do remember like back then having visions of me being what I'm doing of, of me doing what I'm doing now if that makes sense like 20 odd years so you know I think like you say we are the only ones that, that hold ourselves back aren't we um, yeah, definitely. And I guess one last question that I wanted to ask you is, and, and I know we've kind of, we've, we've, we've maybe already touched on this, but what is one thing, the one most important thing that your entrepreneurial journey, your business journey has taught you about yourself? I think probably how 
resilient I am and how adaptive I am. And it's only when you take a step back and say, whoa, I did all that by myself, (laughs) that you kind of realize how much you've achieved and how much you sort of deal with and however scary things are at the time, you just sort of learn and, and learn as you go. And I think that's really, really important. So yeah, adaptive and resilient and willing to keep learning because you never know everything about anything. Every day is a school day. <laughs> and even if you do know quite a lot about what you're, you know, you nobody's got a crystal ball. So nobody knows what no. tomorrow holds, you know? So, and I say this all the Absolutely. time, that's why I always say, always stay humble. Um, yeah. So incredible, thank you. And I think that's that's a common theme that's coming out actually throughout these, um, the series, you know, is about this, how, so many women in business are finding just how resilient and how amazing they are, you know, through this yeah. journey. And it's, it's incredible, incredible. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. I feel so privileged to meet so many amazing women. Um, so thank you so much. That's been, that has been so insightful. And thank you so much for sharing your experiences because, you know, I don't think we've touched on some of this at all um, in, in any of the episodes so far. So, one last thing, where can people find you? You can find me in real life on Burgate in Canterbury, which is just down from the cathedral in the most beautiful little street full of independent businesses, which is lovely. Uh, you can find me on social media at Happy Glorious, and you can find my website at happyglorious.co.uk. Thank you. And I'll make sure that I link all of that in the, um, in the comments, in the, in the show notes. Um, thank you yeah if you are in Canterbury do because I can imagine up build up to Christmas your craft workshops and things I I imagine are are amazing so it's just a shame you're not so not closer but um we'll be doing a talk soon (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much thank you so much and you know this has been great thank you so much for your time and for letting us have a little insight into um into your your beautiful shop there um well thank you for having me it's been really fun no it's been such a pleasure thank you um and i'll catch up with you soon and that's a wrap thank you so much for listening we really hope that you enjoyed the show and if you did please do like comment and share with your audience if you would like to know more about how i am championing and implementing fearless workplace wellbeing one bold step at a time then please do connect with me on LinkedIn or on any other social media channel using the hashtag Rebecca Healed Leadership. You can also email me Rebecca at Rebecca-Healed.co.uk or you will find me at www.Rebecca-Healed.co.uk. Thank you again for listening and I hope to see you next time.